welcome to the Age of Plastic podcast, your favourite environmental podcast. Fingers crossed. We are still trying to save the planet, still here, still haven't managed to get carbon emissions to go down at all, but we're trying. I'm Andrea Fox, a secret hippie who realised, despite doing all the recycling, nothing seems to be changing. So I've started this podcast to help others to get rid of this single-use plastic guilt, so thanks for joining me. Now, I am no Susie Dent from Countdown, but words, kind of important, right? Can you say exactly what sustainable means? That's something that today's guest got me thinking about. I will get on to today's guest in just a second, but first up, are you doing anything for Lent? Notice I didn't say giving up. See, words, very important, guys. Maybe that's because a lot of the women in my life basically spent their lives on a diet and then used Lent to give up chocolate, which is basically just more dieting. And I always thought, I don't think Jesus cares about your BMI. Anyway, this year, I am giving something up for Lent. I'm giving up single-use plastic. Even got Holly Willoughby to read out my tweet saying as much on this morning. So basically, I've got to stick to it now, haven't I? If you're trying to do the same, I am starting something new on this podcast episode. Environmental hacks. I have got some for you at the end of this episode, so stick around for that. First up, though, it is time for our brilliant guest. After 15 years in publishing and magazines, working in major cities around the world, Dubai to London, Georgina Wilson-Powell decided to chuck it all in and go it alone and to do something that most of the magazine industry that she was working in did not give one hoot about. She set up online magazine Pebble to give a platform to sustainable design, ethical fashion, slow food, eco-travel and more. So back to the words again. The name Pebble came about after hours of agonising. Frankly, I wish I'd spent longer thinking of Age of Plastic podcast for this. But the name was finally decided on as Georgina just loved the symbolism of a small pebble making big waves. Get it? Love that. And that's basically what she's been doing with Pebble Mag for the past two years plus. So in our chat, me and Georgina discuss, guess what? Words. In particular, why she doesn't like one word. Sustainable as well as her favourite innovations in environmental design, as well as the very exciting upcoming first Pebble Fest. But Pebble Magazine founder and editor Georgina Wilson-Powell and I started our chat with what exactly she was doing before Pebble. I've worked in magazines for about 15 years and I worked in London for about five years when I actually ran a kind of countercultural street fashion magazine very cool now feels like a million different lifetimes ago um and that folded unfortunately in about 2007 and then I went out to Dubai and I worked there for six years so something completely different and ended up um, looking after the international franchises for BBC Good Food and Lonely Planet Traveller and some really really lovely titles lovely brands lovely brands had an amazing life did the whole expat thing and then just bit by bit had this like gnawing at my soul I'm kind of going, yeah, I'm having a great time, but it's not really good for anyone else. And it was so far away from how I've been brought up and the things I was really passionate about food and about travel was sort of the conservation and permaculture and farming and all these really untrendy things at the time. And I just decided I'd had enough. Um, so after six years, I came back and then was freelancing and sort of being a travel journalist for a lot of sort of newspapers and magazines, which again, absolutely wonderful job. But it just didn't feed 
that kind of craving for doing something more impactful. And I think a lot of people are starting to kind of have that same realization. Um, so two years ago, I kind of jumped and set up Hevel um, with really no market research or plan. Just felt like it was the right thing to do in my gut. Um, and it's just kind of been a roller coaster since then. I mean, everyone's kind of w- woken up a bit, um, become very woke in, a, in another way. Um, and, you know, we talk about everything from eco travel through to ethical fashion, plastic waste, zero waste, all these kind of things, all these conversations we're having and trying to do it in a, in a way that's really stylish, really approachable and a way that's not too preachy or, you know, you've got to do this or feel guilty about that. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's just been the most amazing, life-changing decision, really. It's brilliant. And everything is interconnected. Like you say, you touch on all those subjects because everything's interconnected. And I think, like, I started the podcast for the same reason. I love my day job, but I feel like this could maybe... Impactful is a great word, I think. Great word. Yeah, and it's something I think that's... We talk about more and more in, in I think, the last year or so, you know, how to make impact, how to how to do something that means something. And I think a lot of people have this kind of gnawing at them of like, we want to do more, we want to put something back, which is fantastic. So we try and be a platform to show that you can do that in lots of different ways. We've launched a campaign this spring called Everyday Activism. So about celebrating little things that you can do every day that don't mean, you know, sort of going off and living on a mountain in a hemp shirt, um, but just things that can give you hope and, and sort of put you on a different path and, and, you know, different brands that you can explore. Yeah, totally. Other options. Yeah. And is it true, I read that you don't like the word sustainability? <laughs> that is true. Yes, I've had lots of chats about this recently. And for the last two years, really, and still not really come up with an answer. Um, I think sustainable has become one of those words that means everything it can mean nothing you can throw it in front of everything right this minute and kind of sell products off the back of it and it means so many different things to different people you know something could be sustainable because it supports workers rights or it could be that it's you know it's against sort of toxic testing and, and animal testing or it could be vegan or it could not use plastic it's, it's it a bit mean, wishy-washy isn't it wishy-washy and I just don't think we've got the language or the vocabulary yet right about what we're talking about and one of the reasons I launched Pebble was because I was genuinely so excited about all these innovations coming through and everything from like pineapple leather to like making edible cartons out of algae and I didn't see that reflected in the mainstream media and I didn't see that reflected in the conversations we we're having it was all like doom and gloom and I think sustainable is one of those words we need to kind of like file away and come up with new ones when you were working in mainstream media how different is that compared to pebble what sort of conversations did you have in sort of your old work compared to now my old old work like sort of 10 years ago it never even came up i mean we use this phrase on pebble as well beyond the bin and like no one thought beyond the bin in any way shape or form like you use something it was over you threw it away and that's how a lot of us were brought up you know And I think even in the last few years when I was freelancing, I was pitching ideas to people about ethical fashion labels or kind of really amazing, inspiring pioneers in sort of, you know, trying to find solutions. And everyone was just like, yeah, it's not really newsworthy. I mean, this was two or three years ago. And I think that has changed. But what's different for us is every single thing we cover is eco-friendly or ethical or dreaded word sustainable Sustainable, yeah yeah so you come back to it you're like oh there's no real other word um but we try and put a sort of more lifestyle spin on everything so everything like you're saying is interconnected and for us we wouldn't feature or talk about anything that wasn't and we try and do as much due diligence as we can as well yeah totally so you must get lots of sort of innovative products brought to you at like sort of the baby stage as it were what's some of the most interesting things that you've seen since launching pebble um 
there's been a huge rise in shoe brands. We get a lot of like crowdfunders for like ethical shoes and eco-friendly shoes, and they seem to do really, really well. They always get funded really quickly. Oh wow! Um, so we've seen quite a few of those come to market. Um, skincare is something that's just exploded. So whether it's plant-based or whether it's using glass, not plastic, or just completely no packaging, that's something that's completely changed in the last few years. And then really odd products like. Um, edible water pods um, so instead What's of having that? a plastic bottle you have like a round sphere of water that you put in your mouth and then the the packaging kind of dissolves oh my gosh like sort of plant like paper plates that are made out of bran or something yeah. but for water bottles <laughs> yeah wow that's a new one on me and there's one we've just put up literally before i came to the studio today's launched a plant-based chicken nugget bucket that you can order from Deliveroo. i just Hang saw on. that yeah, it's edible the bucket's edible yes <laughs> what's the bucket made out of surely not um i think it's seeds chicken. and a secret oh. ingredients but it's seeds basically i think seeds um, that are patented ingredients so you can't copy it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like mm, that could be interesting See, I love all of these kind of innovations. When I think about it, I think, wouldn't it be lovely if in the future we didn't even need to worry about sustainable because all companies were kind of doing Absolutely. This. We want to get to that stage on the magazine side, definitely, where we don't have to keep repeating those words. Yeah. We can just be like, oh, this is the norm. Mm. And, you know, I think all these things are so exciting. There's so much new stuff out there that is hopeful as well. And we want to celebrate that. Yeah, totally. When you think about the way that we live our lives at the moment, what's the kind of most annoying thing that you find is unsustainable or environmentally friendly or not eco whichever oh, word you want to use it. <laughs> um i have a couple of bugbears at the moment one is um smoothies so we've got re- we've got really good at reducing the plastic straws and they've they've almost gone overnight which is amazing but then you have a plastic smoothie container with your paper straw and to me i'm just like that doesn't make any sense yeah. <laughs> um you know you've got people kind of walking around like looking like they're feeling really good for themselves because they've got the paper straw right but you've still got a s- plastic smoothie container yeah um, I used to get one from the it. gym like, and I used to take it back like a weirdo I used to rinse out and take it back or and I used to email them being like have you tried to find a vegware brand for the, your smoothies <laughs> and that, I think that's an area no one's really thought about everyone's kind of looked at the coffee cup and the straw but it shows how siloed our kind of thinking is and we're like oh we've solved that problem yeah, and yeah. Then you're like, well, if you take a step back, we haven't really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of my bugbear at the moment. Do you find that because greenwashing is obviously that's quite a new term as well? Yep. Do you think it's kind of a little bit of that? People going, oh, well, we fixed this problem now. I think it's we all want quick solutions. We always quick fixes. That's just human nature. And I think something like straws, it's so visible mm. and it feels manageable. So we've kind of like, yeah, we've done something because we are overwhelmed with things that we can't do or that are a global problem. Mm. But I think, yeah, there's a lot of, um, what's the expression, kind of like humming while Rome burns a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, we all do need to do more than just like, oh, we've ticked the straw box, you know. Yeah. Congratulations, um, but, but let's yeah. move on to the next thing. And I think if it is a kind of gateway into people figuring out the next thing and kind of looking at everything else they do, then brilliant. Mm. But it's not a case of like, oh, OK, we've done our bit now. But yeah, I think there's there's so much greenwashing that does go on. And I think it's really hard for consumers to kind of separate out the the real people. That's, again, where we sort of come in and, mm. you know, really focus on those brands that actually have the authentic commitments and who aren't just sort of like, we've made a sustainable T-shirt. Exactly. <laughs> and using, like you say, the buzzwords, yeah. which we haven't quite worked out <laughs> what the buzzwords mean yet. I just saw something today described as woke luggage. And oh what God, they meant what? was tech luggage, like luggage that will charge your phone because it's got a solar panel on the top. And they used woke. And I was like, that's not the right phrase no 
It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Know, it's like, so odd. Um, it sounds like my mum trying to use it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, look, I've got a woke phone. No, yeah, no. no. <laughs> um, I think it was actually in a travel magazine. And talking about travel, you've obviously worked for travel brands. I love travel. It's one of the things I feel guilty about. Was it quite important to you to kind of create a travel guide for sort of more sustainable niche I suppose eco brands and things that you could do whilst traveling yeah we created the pebble guides last year so they're Mm. kind of eco-friendly travel guides to some of the UK cities um and it it, again it came about from sort of personal experience of like visiting cities and just being a bit frustrated that that I couldn't quickly find places I'd want to go and shop or want to go and visit and sort of see what was going on and even as a travel journalist like sometimes you end up places and you're like I know I'm missing a trick here you know I'm missing the real city Mm. and that's all we wanted to get to the heart of because often the places that we talk about so whether it's a zero waste shop or a little um, ethical fashion designer they're the they're the kind of beating heart of the city they're the real community spaces so the idea was to create a guide that got you to the real city quicker um, and find some some amazing places on the way and support independent businesses because that's another whole side of the kind of sustainable debate you know trying to put money back into people that are real people yeah because they do tend to be smaller brands like one person yeah smaller impact maybe using more local materials or employing locally so there's so many different aspects to that kind of positive impact debate that exactly yeah it's it's difficult to tick them all off in the same time no and it's yeah and I suppose those kind of people are less likely to be able to fund big advertising campaigns and be on the brochures or whatever yeah um I haven't worked in print media I often think of it as one-way communication like as a broadcaster we always think of it as two-way communication but you've kind of stepped past that because you've created an online community with Pebble haven't you? Yeah I actually think about it very similarly actually like um, print is is definitely like one way it's narrow and you know for a while that was amazing because you didn't have to worry about anything coming back but you know times have changed. No green pen letters. Absolutely (laughs) and it's right that things have changed but I think now we're in this kind of circular communication You you put something out it comes back to you that changes the next message and it's just ongoing which is in one way absolutely fantastic and another way absolutely exhausting. Um, so I think it's much better. It's much more democratic in a way. And it's amazing to get that feedback back from readers, which is just really inspiring and kind of like when you're having a really busy day, kind of like carries you through. Do you get lots of lovely messages then? Like, I've changed the way I think about this because actually, of your... Yeah, oh, we do. I'm not surprised by that, but it must tell, us, yeah. tell us some of those stories. Um, we get a lot of people saying they've discovered brands through us and they've swapped products or they've kind of, um, they've discovered whole new industries sometimes. You know, people kind of going, oh, I didn't know you could have organic cotton jeans or, you know, I didn't know that social enterprises existed and, and things like that. And then other times we get direct feedback from brands telling us, you know, we've sent them lots of customers and they can do x because we've we've helped them and that's just fantastic and i think it's very as opposed to a lot of mainstream industries the whole sustainable industry is a lot friendlier and it seems to be much more collaborative so everyone kind of knows each other and starts to help each other and that's a much nicer place to work that sounds really rewarding really rewarding yeah and you're building up um next month to the very first festival i know i think i'm a bit mad but yes we're having a festival <laughs> is it excitement levels versus stress levels how are um, they at the moment i feel like they're about 50 50 at the moment <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so was the festival something when you started pebble that you always hoped you would get to no, not really. It wasn't in the grand plan. There really was no grand plan. It's all been very organic in that way. Lovely. Um, 
But we kept being asked to do events and I've been doing a lot of talks in the last year about ethical fashion and sustainable living and I've hosted quite a lot of events for other people. And we kept being asked to do our own and, and readers kept saying to us, you know, if we did an event, they'd come. So we were like, well, what are we doing? We need to, we need to do something. Um, so this was about September last year and we thought, okay, well, we'll put on a few talks and a, f- a few speakers and we'll have some brands down to kind of um, sell their fashion and skincare and things and then we had such demand from all the brands that we had to move it to a bigger space before christmas before we'd even talked about tickets or anything wow um that's so, amazing <laughs> which is brilliant and now we've got we, we completely sold out for all the the sort of the trader what we're calling an ethical high street um where you can come and shop love that um and we've got a waiting list of about 50 people so we're already trying to think of what other events we can do throughout the year um, so yeah it's completely changed the game to be honest and we've got room for 600 people down at Flatiron wow. Square and you've got um, such a big online community now yeah huge they get to meet, they get to meet up <laughs> and meet us which is lovely and we, we've got lots of people kind of tweeting us telling us they're all getting a road trip together from Brighton or some people are coming from Glasgow oh my gosh which just makes you kind of I want to give them all the money back (laughs) just for coming (laughs) you've just totally connected with that audience I think so and they they're really authentic themselves you know a lot of them run businesses they want to learn um and we've got a whole day of sort of talks and actions and you can come and learn about how to do your own eco brand you can learn how to forage and brew beer come and learn how to sew your own clothes um talk about ethical menswear which is something that doesn't get talked about very much so we've got a whole panel on that we've got some amazing um experts coming down different bloggers different brand owners um so loads and loads of stuff coming on so yeah, it's getting. It is the excitement levels are are reaching, you know, fever pitch almost in the office. And then we remember we haven't done something, and then it's like goes down a bit. Um, yeah, amazing. And this is all going to be happening at Flatiron Square on the twenty seventh of April, isn't it? Yeah. So Saturday. It's a Saturday after Easter. I actually was inspired by something I saw on Pebble. I've realised that my local tailor does sewing classes and you're going to have some of those at the festival, aren't you, to kind of encourage people to learn how to make and mend. Yep, so you can come down and um, understand how to do pattern cutting and how to sort of make your own clothes. We've got Trade, um, the charity, coming down to do a second-hand shop so you can come and shop some vintage stuff as well. And then we've got people from Fashion Revolution down to give some talks um, and a pound from every ticket goes back to Fashion Revolution or Feedback, so the food waste charity. Um, And you can come and learn to forage you can drink uh, sustainable cocktails yes on the sustainable cocktails <laughs> so mm. one of our previous guests uh, was Cressy Wesling from Elvis and Cressy and she makes oh, a yeah, they're amazing brilliant yeah. brilliant bags from all waste materials and she was just so inspiring and when we had her on the podcast she was saying the next thing she'd like to do eventually is make alcohol from waste water because if you treat it correctly Ooh. you can and I was thinking that we can't, we're probably not there with that. <laughs> maybe yeah. not there yet. Not there yet. Yeah, maybe the next festival. <laughs> yeah, maybe the next festival. We might have to like sell it slightly differently. Um, yes, I, that's what I was wondering when she was telling yeah. me about it. <laughs> but we we are going to have free beer. So um, mm. to- we're working with Toast Ale, the kind of guys that make beer from surplus bread, and we've done a um, a Pebble collaboration beer. So if you come down, you might get a sample of that as well. That sounds lovely. So I can't Pebble? give you waste water, Pebble but beer? give you free okay, beer. Okay, yeah. Waste- <laughs> I think the toast idea of making it from waste bread is, is amazing. It's so good. And the guys, we've got to know the guys really well, and they're just so lovely and doing amazing things. So it's, mm. it's an honour to kind of be able to partner with them. It's a, such a lovely use of a waste product. And I saw something, I think it was Gail's Bakery the other day, had a waste loaf. Yes, they do, yeah. Yeah, made from all the old, if you haven't seen it, waste 
loaves that they sort of grind up with new dough. Definitely. And then we're working with, um, so on the food waste side, we're working with the app Too Good To Go, um, who partner you up with cafes where you can find surplus food at the end of the day. Um, they're one of our sponsors and the other one with Abel and Cole. So they're going to be making sure that any food left over during the day goes back to sort of, um, you know, food waste charities and things. Love that. It's a kind of zero waste, no plastic event. We're getting super excited. It's so much going on. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really full day. I can't believe it's only one day, to be honest. This sounds like there's so much on I keep adding more things in and I'm going, (laughs) where are we going to make this fit? Um, It will go on until midnight, folks, isn't it? Yeah, well, (laughs) you know, it it could. (laughs) No one's going to kick you out. Yeah, yeah. good. Um, I was wondering as well, because the news recently was that uh, Glastonbury Festival is going to be single-use plastic-free yep. this year, which is lovely. Obviously, like you just said, you're going to be completely sustainable. Um, when are you going to meet up with Emily Evis and tell us how to run, <laughs> tell her how to run Glastonbury? Uh, well, you know, she can call me anytime. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I was actually quite surprised Glastonbury hadn't done it before. I, I kind was of, thinking that. Because there are smaller festivals that, that have been sort of single-use plastic-free for a couple of years, mm. but I guess it is just the size um, and even the kind of the supplies that have got to go in. You know, I think a lot of these conversations, people don't realise they take quite a while to change. And, you know, I was talking to a really high-end restaurant yesterday and they were saying, we've got 500 covers. We've got to make sure if we're getting organic food or sustainable fish, we can get the amount that we need. So I think that's that's another whole side of the debate is people don't realise sometimes how much work goes on behind the scenes before yeah. you can announce something. So I think Glastonbury will definitely, it definitely puts it out there and hopefully other festivals will be like, well, if they can do it, why can't we? Yeah, I've wondered as well about sort of the sustainability of travelling and also the sustainability of festivals, but like you're proving there's conversations to be had, but it yeah. can be done? It, I think it definitely can be done, but I think it does highlight this this complexity of like, you know, where do you draw the line at what you're doing and how do you lessen your impact? Because obviously if we were to be you know, 100% green, we wouldn't travel anywhere, we wouldn't do anything, we wouldn't buy anything. Yes. And that's not just that's just not realistic. It's so not it's, feasible, is it? It's not feasible. Life. We can't put the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> so we have to kind of figure out ways we can mitigate our impact. And maybe you say, okay, well, I'm only going to take a long haul flight once every other year or I'm going to go to Europe by train or, you know, thinking of different options rather than just saying I'm not going to do anything. So it's about being realistic, I think. Yeah, and I love that. That's the sort of non-preachy element of Pebble. It's like you do what you can and that's what we've always said on the podcast, like you do what you can. Life is hard enough, like you say, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. No, I think, you know, it's do what you can and that always leads generally leads to other things you know once you you have all this knowledge you're like oh okay well maybe I am going to change my life a bit more than I thought I was going to but I think you know you, we all feel so guilty about so much all the time there's no point adding to that yeah. otherwise we won't get anything done yeah this is me relieving myself of my guilt this podcast <laughs> I've been very clear about that from the start oh yeah I'm, Pebble is like my like yeah oh, this is my guilt way oh there we go can't be, can't, don't feel yeah. guilt anymore so I think this is going to be a bit of a hard uh, question considering what a full day it's going to be at the festival but what talks do you think think are the absolute cannot be missed um we've got a really interesting talk in the afternoon called the impact up debate um which is it's a bit more political and activist uh based than we normally do so it's looking at how you can impact those above you so that could be um how do you sort of get in touch with your mp how do you you become more sort of um, vocal and political in your activism how do you impact co- companies and what to ask them to try and get them to change their policies or procedures so a bit more sort of like, right, OK, we've done what we can in our life. How do we make that next step? So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really, really interesting. We've got someone from B Corp down. We've got someone from Trade. We might have an MP down there. So um, watch this space. 
Um, and we've got a couple of other surprises on that on that panel as well. Brilliant, brilliant. And I'm going to be roving around there, hopefully. Yes, as well. come, so come down and talk to people. Um, there's loads of amazing stories to kind of uncover. Really looking forward to it. Um, so we always like to ask our guests when they come on the podcast their favourite plastic item to prove we are lovers, not haters. Plastic is a very useful material. We're just using it in the wrong way. So I know this has been a tough one for you, hasn't it, Georgina? I have been thinking about this all afternoon <laughs> because my first thought was a bit silly and then I keep coming back to it. Um, it's not particularly useful, so I, I don't know how... Um, how you know you'd want to put this in your like desert island <laughs> yeah my desert island Just plastic like, yeah. yeah um but i have quite a sweet tooth and i generally can't get through the month without a pack of haribo and haribo come in plastic i absolutely love the fizzy fantastics yeah, those oh, <laughs> so delicious but uh, no, only would... the ones with a white bottom Oh, that's that's specific. Very specific. Very I know. Specific. Sorry, that's... <laughs> I've shared too much. No, no, no I completely agree. Um, I think you know it's that wanting to treat yourself, but then looking at it and going, but it's covered in plastic. Yeah. Um, and some yeah, sometimes I'm like, no, I'm not having anything, and then other times I'm like, oh. I just need the sugary goodness. I know. When are they going to come up with some kind of film to put round sweets and chocolate bars? Yeah, I mean, I've got my Tupperware box. I've got my like beeswax wraps. I can take them. Yeah, <laughs> you can leave just fill them up. The, yeah. Um, there's been a lot of that recently, hasn't there? Unwrapping and things like that. And I think this yeah. is great to make a point, but you're obviously just leaving it with someone else to deal with. It's good to have that visual kind of protest, and it gets lots of people thinking. And I think sometimes you need that for the supermarkets and, and people to take notice. But you know, wherever you take it off is still a problem. You know, there's no simple solution, but I, I am, I'm, I'm getting more up for a bit of protesting this year, I think. I think there's a lot of things to be done. Hashtag everyday activism. Has, yes, hashtag everyday activism. Um, and yeah, our final question, who is your environmental hero? Oh, so um, this is quite an easy one, actually, because I just think she's utterly amazing and I'm stalking her a bit on Instagram at the moment. Um, Greta Thunberg, who's the <gasps> 16-year-old climate activist. Yes. Just think, utterly amazing, really, really inspiring you know, just shows the impact one person can have and like a 16 year old person. And I really want to go and strike with her next Friday. So I've kind of been tweeting and going, can we join in even if we're not at school? <laughs> yeah, school is passed for us, but we're going to bunk off work. Can yeah. we come join? Yeah, oh, yeah. brilliant. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on the Age of Plastic podcast. Cannot wait for Pebble Festival. Oh, thank Good you luck. so much for having me. It's been a ball. I really love the non-preachy vibe from Georgina and also from all of the articles and information on Pebble. It's kind of what I'm trying to do with this podcast. Trying, guys. Trying. Words are important. I recently found the Pebble article, Five Ways to Make Your Clothes Last Longer, very helpful. Recommend you go and check that out. If you haven't already, do head online to pebblemag.com and subscribe to their regular emails. Plus, grab yourself a ticket to the amazing Pebble Fest. It's going to be sponsored by two awesome brands, Abel & Cole and Too Good To Go. I mean, who doesn't love good food and also sustainable cocktails? Even better when there's less of a carbon footprint and when you know none of the food and drinks going to waste. Although cocktails don't often go to waste around me. So head to pebblemag.com slash pebblefest or search pebblefest in Eventbrite. Tickets are just 12 quid. Bargain. And the festival, as Georgina said, is the Saturday after Easter, which will be the 27th of April, Flatiron Square in London, which, if you don't know London, is quite close to Waterloo train station. I'm going to be there. Do come say hi. Now, if you're running or just running for a bus, all the links will, as always, be on the podcast show notes. Okay, on to our quick environmental hack. If you are listening to this podcast, you are probably trying to make environmentally friendly choices in your life. 
this episode's environmental hack is try and give up single-use plastic for Lent. I know it's like not even a religious thing, trust me. I was thinking, do I really need to do this? I'm already trying to reduce. But the one thing I've discovered from trying to give it up completely for a specific amount of time is it's really focusing my mind to make a kind of diary of all the times when I screw up. I went like an hour out of my way to get potatoes not in a plastic bag, then accidentally on purpose ordered pizza at work, came with a garlic dip. So now I have this yogurt pot material and I don't know what to do with it. So that's our first environmental hack. Focuses the mind, maybe create a little diary, maybe a little collection. Join me in that, let me know how you do and let me know any tips if you did it last year or the year before or you've managed to completely bridge your life with plastic. Absolute queen. So, talking of queens, it's National Women's Day was last week. Shout out and a huge thanks to all the women who have shared their expertise on the podcast so far. We've learned so much from more environmentally friendly interiors to the answers to the plastic in our oceans and way more. Also, good luck to Warrior on Waste, Lynn Lambourne, previous guest, who is up for Woman of the Year at the Sue Ryder Awards coming up very soon. She didn't manage to get a camo dress, she told me, but she does. it does feature in her outfit, so we look forward to that. I'll link to her episode in the show notes, plus I'll link to our guest today, Georgina's environmental hero, Greta Thunberg's TED Talk, which went live recently. Okay, so I am feeling a little bit awkward about this next bit but I'm going to do it. To finish up this episode, another shout out and thank you to those of you who have left reviews, guys. Thank you. Shocked, humbled, honoured, blushing right here. Kath on Apple Podcast said, great, relaxed, informative podcast. Stop it. Feel like I've learned a lot and will encourage friends to listen. More the merrier, Kath. Thank you ever so much. Green Tie 22, nice to know what I didn't know about plastic. Well, thank you, Green Tie 22. As we know from Dan Webb's episode, the Everyday Plastic app, there's so much to know about plastic. Guys, thank you. Reviews do help like-minded people find us. So if you have the time, go and leave a review, good, bad or otherwise, wherever you are listening to this podcast. And keep in touch. You can email me via my website, iamandreafox.co.uk or find us on Instagram at Podcast. I shall see you next time. I am off to get mine and my friends' tickets to Pebble Fest. Thank you.